Hey there, fellow travelers of the Junlin Wastes. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Junlin Wastes podcast, the TJW podcast for December 2nd, 2022. And uh, you'll have to forgive me for being a little MIA there for a little bit of time. Uh, sometime around... Uh, actually, it was interesting. Sometime around when that uh, final episode of Andor dropped, I was catching a really bad uh, sinus infection. Uh, we did have the opportunity to talk to Dan in our last episode. He had a uh, you know special guest appearance here on the podcast. It was always great. It was great to have him. It was the first time me and him were in the same room together uh, doing a podcast for uh, for quite some time. So that was really nice uh, to hear Dan's thoughts. It was just before I think Andor uh, hit on that Wednesday. But uh, I did want to come back and uh, talk to talk a little bit and chat a little bit here at this coffee break, lunch break episode about my final thoughts uh, regarding the Andor finale. Um, and it was actually uh, not only because of the science infection <laughs> I wasn't on the podcast, but I also wanted to give myself a little bit of time to think and frame my thoughts uh, about this final episode of Andor. Um what can you say? It was it was a great series. Uh, whether or not if it, it was you know completely that Star Warsy feel or not, uh, you got to give uh, some you've got to give credit to, uh, to to all the creators of that of that program. Um, they did something that 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 was uh, that hadn't been done in quite quite a while. Uh, you know, you had a, a a science fiction story that was done in a very you know direct and full manner that you could get for for a series uh it was done very 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 well now does this mean that um like i was mentioning beforehand that i fully felt it felt as star warsy as i like it that's that's up for debate between star wars fans um certainly for me uh i i didn't get the same feeling that i got while i was watching either like the uh the, the mandalorian series or obi-wan um but here, let me give you some of my thoughts about uh, about this, about the Andor finale, and about my general thoughts about uh, Andor. So you know, just some highlights here about what I really liked about this final episode. Gosh, when they opened up and they had that great shot of uh, the Imperial shuttle, you know, landing uh, in that ep in, in that first scene. Uh, gosh, you know, <laughs> it is something always to see. It, it it still sends chills up my spine a little bit when I see the Imperial shuttle at the beginning of a sh of, of a Star Wars uh, show, or seeing the Imperial shuttle come in and land, whether it's in a in, in the TV, movie, or video games. Um, you know some bad guy is coming down that ramp when it's when it's done i mean i think the the, the finest way it was ever done was in uh return of the jedi you know we, when it opens up with vader coming down that ramp and you're seeing moff jira you know getting all nervous as vader's coming down and it's only topped a little bit by by uh, a couple scenes later when we see the emperor come down off off of the uh imperial shuttle uh with with vader and moff jira kneeling at his uh, at his feet but in this uh, in this episode here of Andor, we see the shuttle come flying in. Looked great. Gosh, that, if you want to say something like that, pull me back into the Star Wars feels. Uh, that was one of the scenes was seeing that Imperial shuttle land, uh, and we see coming down down the ramp. We see Deidre and uh, her dark troopers, uh, the similar ones that we saw in uh, Rogue One. You know, there 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 they were, front and center. You know, marching her down that ramp as she's landing on Ferrix. Although a part of me, as I saw that shuttle landing, was sitting there wondering, 
Are they going to do anything, like, out of the, like, you know, they're just going to hit, you know, no swing for the fences on this one and, uh, you know, send Vader down that ramp. <laughs> I, I knew that was, it was like a one in a bajillion chance that that would have happened, but uh, it was still in the back of my head thinking, like, you know, gosh, can you imagine if Vader had showed up on Ferex and did the same thing that he did, like, on Obi-Wan? <laughs> but uh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Um, some other things that are happening at the, at the same time, you know, Bix was still being interrogated by the Imperials at this time. Uh, we see her, you know, bruised and battered in that interrogation room. Um, Andor does come back to Ferex, you know, and people are looking for him. It's like all the scuttlebutt on the streets. Have you seen him? Have you heard? Have you seen that, uh, Andor might be coming back? His mother passed away, you know? Uh, some of the, the, the you know, another high point of the show that I thought was, uh, interesting to see was uh, that scene where Mon Mothma is uh, in her, I guess, her her air limousine, and they come to pick up uh, her husband. And uh, you know that we, we, we are told that, especially if you saw, like, the beginning, um, you know, you know, you know, know, what previously happened on Andor, you see how much Mon Mothma has her back against the wall right now. She's got to figure out a way how to throw, you know, the, the whatever... Financial investigators are looking into her into financial accounts of, of this missing 400,000 credits that uh, She said it, it can't be hidden anymore. She wasn't planning She, she doesn't want to get into that deal with uh, with the thug who wants to marry off his uh, son with her daughter But uh, she she sits there in, in 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 her limousine knowing that the driver who she pretty much knows is uh, You know feeding info to to the Imperials about her that uh, she says to her husband, you know, she starts like laying blame on him for uh, for his gambling again, and she gets into saying that, gosh, you're gonna gamble. Why don't you just gamble on 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 Canto Bite? Don't do it here, right in the middle of where I do my work. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And honestly, he doesn't know what she's talking about. He's like, I haven't gambled, but she just wanted to be able to plant that little seed into her driver's head to try to uh, throw throw the financial uh, investigators off her uh, off her trail a little bit, and to show that the four hundred thousand basically was uh, to, to, you know was lost through her husband's gambling. Interesting. Um, I mean, it really shows as well too how cold and calculating Mon Mothma has been getting in this series. Um, you know, we see her throughout this series trying to go about her, I guess, rebel activities, if you want to call it that, uh, in as, as a clean of a way as possible. She still stands up in the Senate and tries to give impassioned and beautiful speeches to try to enthrall the crowd, and the Senate is, does, could care less about that. Uh, she's, she starts, you know, you know, Dealing with Luthen Real and 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 his his entire you know way of going about his his rebellion, and she just keeps getting pushed further and further. Sort of the way that Luthen keeps talking about how he wants the Imperials pushed to the point where they're going to just come full out war against them. So they have a they have the reasons and they have the the, the means now to 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 engage the Imperials in a in a full out war. Um, it's almost like he's pushing Mon Mothma back, in a sense, to the point where he, I think he's he was fully finished with Mon Mothma doing things her way of of trying to make things as 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 clean and sanitized as possible. And it's based we're basically learning from this series as well too that uh, the beginnings of the rebellion 
are really <laughs> it's a dirty business and uh, while it was necessary to oppose the empire um, when you're opposing a, a, an evil empire like that sometimes you do have to get down in the dirt to try to uh, level the playing field a little bit and try to gain some ground on them um, some other things that I uh, found interesting when Cassian returns I really enjoyed that 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 flashback scene he has when he touches his father's brick and it's interesting now that this is how we know that this is how ferrex uh th those who pass on from ferrex you know you're not sent to uh you know any there's no casket there's no cemetery like that but your your remains are burnt up and, and embedded into a brick and uh he goes to the brick and he touches the brick and he thinks back to uh a time when he's uh he's sitting with his father uh cleaning equipment and very interesting very interesting uh, conversation that uh that they have about uh, about you know the, the the equipment that he's cleaning but it's also a bigger lesson on life that i think cassian is is, is taking from that um another one uh, a scene that that made me well, i was like i just found very very powerful was uh when he's listening to the manifesto finally we're getting to hear this manifesto a little bit and it wasn't read so long although i really do wish that 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 maybe somehow in the star wars uh book world we're gonna see uh this manifesto being printed sort of like these uh one of these in-universe books that uh, they like to print sometimes sort of like the the you know the jedi path or the book of sith uh, can you imagine seeing something like that, having the man, you know, the manifesto, Cassian's manifesto, uh, to see, you know, cause it, what's, you know, in a, and it's an audio book <laughs> of all things, uh, but it's a Star Wars world, so of course it's an audio book. Uh, so we hear from the from the recording that uh, that in this manifesto, you hear all about all these ideas about how do you defeat tyranny, and this this you know very powerful ideas i can't i can't remember specifically how they say it but it's it's read in such a wonderful beautiful way to to basically give encouragement and to you know help those who are fighting the empire to say even if you're doing what i what i get from this you know, even if you think what you're doing has is is just a small amount of offense against this big evil empire that all these little tiny punches that you that you give the empire eventually it's going to have an effect it's going to overflow that there's going to be a breaking point where the empire can no longer keep up what they're doing and that the people are going to be the ones who are going to be overthrowing the empire and it's very very you know when you think but when you think you know further ahead to what we see on return of the jedi uh and the defeat of the empire it is uh it's 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 powerful it's very 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 powerful so i thought that was also another great scene in this as well too um interesting we see you know cyril and his uh, sergeant they head back to ferrix for this uh for this funeral and he's still trying to find a way to uh, uh, find favor with uh, with Deidre. And there is that. <laughs> after the big brouhaha happens, after we hear uh, Marva's speech, uh, you know, he 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 basically saves saves uh, Deidre from 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 certain death when he pulls her out of that uh, out of that chaos, and 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 basically pledges himself to 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 Deidre. So I, I thought it was almost like uh you know sort of a mini version of Anakin pledging himself to to Palpatine. You know, he's basically pledging himself to Deidre. Even though she she is the one who had to be saved out of this entire situation. Uh it was I mean on top of that as well too, I think we mentioned this before on the podcast, you know, there is obviously some very weird <laughs> 
weird semi-romantic connection that Cyril is having with Deidre. And I don't know if Deidre is feeling the same way as well, but maybe we'll see in season two. Maybe after this entire situation, they, you know, they went out to Starbucks for a cup of coffee or went to see a movie. <laughs> And they're now a couple, but uh, we'll we'll see where that where that storyline takes us. Uh, the funeral was powerful. Uh, it was very interesting to see. I thought that when we saw the uh, the the the, mu the the musicians come out and start you know playing that that funeral dirge, it almost reminded me of of, of like a scene in in The Godfather where you see in The Godfather Part Two. Uh, the funeral for uh, Vito Corleone's uh, you know assassinated. Uh, uh, father, and uh, you see the, the 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 funeral march going with the with 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 the with the with the drums and and the horns and very similar to to, to something like that. Um, I also heard somebody mention that uh, it's it it reminded them like a, a you know how they do funerals sometimes in uh, in uh, like New Orleans where where they get like the bands to 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 play at the funerals. Um, Marva's speech that was obviously I think the 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 high point of this uh, of this episode here or I said Marva's Marva's speech was uh, was extremely powerful uh, she she talks about how she wishes that she had done more she talks about God such powerful language that she used of saying we were asleep and we didn't know that the enemy had had decided to stay and and we've been sleeping too long and if i were still alive i would get up every morning and i would fight and i would fight and i would fight and and she ends it off by saying like you know <laughs> you know you know fight the bastards fight the empire and it was just super powerful to hear that because you could argue you could argue that that was probably the specific point where maybe the official rebellion was 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 beginning with that uh you know they, they talk about the shot heard around the world uh was the start of the revolution this was in a sense the shot i think heard around the galaxy of marva's you know final imp imploring her people to not sit down and let the empire just do what they want to do to our world stand up and fight because if we don't, we're we're just going to get run over completely, and it's just never going to end with the Empire. So that was also another powerful moment that uh, that, that that I found in the, in the show. Uh, Cassian does find Bix, and there's that great that great escape scene where he's getting her to the ship, and he's like, "Get her off! I'm going to find uh, I, I I I will I'll meet you at some some rendezvous point probably." Uh, and at the end, at the end, when we see him finally, he reaches Luthen's ship as Luthen's trying to get out of the out of the system. Um, you know, to, he basically says, you know, kill me or let me join you. And uh, part of me thought that this scene was going to be him giving some implored speech to to Luthen and then him just sh shooting him right there point blank like he's done for, with other with other uh you know, you know people who have caused him uh, harm in his in his life uh but that didn't happen the the, the final shot is uh, them flying off on his ship and escaping from Ferex so it does bring some finality to to this season and it's but it still leaves a lot of uh questions and storyline to to be uh to be uh you know played out in this next season i'm pretty certain that that they're going to do another 12 episode season or somewhere around there to try to bring us up to maybe the point where it it it, it comes closer to the events of rogue one um i'm thinking it's going to be a couple years you know after what we've seen here in season one uh but we'll have to see uh 
Not sure when this series is going to come back, but it's certainly be, we're being told that it's going to be there is going to be a second season for that. And of course, the cutscene at the end, you know, taking a little uh, a little something out of the uh, you know uh, Marvel playbook. Although they have done it a couple times, I think um, some very fi some final scenes, cutscenes at the at, or post credit scenes, I should say, um, on Star Wars shows. But this one. Uh, also, a really powerful one. You get to see uh, the, the droids putting together there. Well, we, I was pretty sure this is what they were building there in the prison when 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 Cassian was in the prison there in that in that work camp. Uh, all these 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 you know similar you know cogs I would call them that they were putting together, and they were all meant for the uh, the Death Star, and not just the Death Star itself, but the uh, you know the the prime weapon on the Death Star, the big the big laser that's going to be using those uh, kyber crystals to 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 destroy the planets. Um, I thought it was interesting for us to think that you know the thing that uh, that you know that Cassian had spent months putting together these things putting together is the thing that he goes at the end of Rogue One to destroy. Um, but I think we all knew that this would that that was where all this equipment and all these mechanical things were going was to uh, this big uh, this this big project they were talking about at Scarif. So, um, very interesting, uh, you know, at the end here. I was glad to see that at the end, because it was another star, very Star Wars-y moment that pulled all your things together for me. Um, like I said, I think it was a very good series. Uh, you can't deny that it was strong storytelling, strong production, the music was amazing, the acting was great, uh, the characters are powerful, and it really gives a lot of depth to, uh, to Cassian Andor. Um... But like I said, uh, if you were to ask me, do I think that this is the best Star Wars that has ever been put out? It's very good Star Wars. But for me, Star Wars, like I mentioned beforehand, that you know, for me, a Star Wars story has has Jedi and Sith and some of those other elements that I guess would be considered more of of you know uh, more mystical in a sense. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I really like Mandalorian. I really like the Book of Boba Fett. Um, and you had those, I would say, those elements in there that gave it that that Star Wars-y feel. I saw somebody on Facebook say something about that. Um, the reason they liked the Andor series more than other Star Wars series, and even even going to the point of even saying the, the, the original movies, is saying that there is a campiness that does not ex that is in those stories that you do not find in the Andor series. Um, I'm not sure I would push it all the way to campiness. Uh, campy to me is like it, it, it's really, really more like camp. When I think of campy, I think of like you know the the the, the 1966 Batman series, you know where where you knew that there there was there was a story there under it all, but there was just so many you know spoofs and and silliness and even to the point where you saw like you know the Biff Pow Bang, you know cartoony letters coming into the screen um star wars isn't that uh like i said i think this is just a very different way of approaching a star wars story um like i, I before i had said like this has been good because i think a lot of this has united a lot of the star wars fans in a way that that is is, is good for star wars fans um we don't have to look too far back to to the sequel trilogy to see where there was to see where there was such divisiveness in our community uh, between Star Wars fans, which I never thought I'd see. Saying that as well, too, um, you know, I, I, I say, I unapologetically say that I, I enjoy the sequels. Uh, we're planning to do 
our, uh, our, our commentaries on those, on those movies. Um, but I will say that there is a... There is a Star Wars-y feel to some of those stories more, in my opinion, than I felt in Andor. Does that make Andor bad? No, it certainly does not. Andor is a great series, and uh, I was glad to, to, to watch it. Um, but I will say that um, I am planning on going back, <laughs> I think, over this holiday season and rewatching the Obi-Wan series <laughs> to try to uh, get me back into that uh, Star Wars-y feel. Uh, I really enjoyed Obi-Wan, uh, you know, and, and maybe I'm going to also go back and rewatch uh, The Mandalorian as, as well, too. The reason I bring that up here, too, is that, uh, gosh, also this week in some other Star Wars news, besides uh, the Andor uh, finale, um, we got information here saying, or it was just dropped yesterday, I saw on Facebook, that uh, Mandalorian Season 3 is going to hit Disney Plus on March 1st. So that's really good that uh, at the beginning of the new year, or pretty close to the beginning of the new year, we're getting the Mandalorian back, Grogu's back, and uh, the adventure continues with them. And I'm really looking forward to to that series as well, too. Um, you know, I, I was speaking about, uh, just a few moments ago, about the sequels. <laughs> about the sequels. Uh, everybody knows that I really enjoy the sequels, and uh, interestingly enough, we saw on Daisy Ridley's uh, social media, she posted a picture of Yoda from Lucasfilm. She was at Lucasfilm uh, this past week, and it just had me wondering, is something brewing, you know, a sequel story that involves maybe some of those characters that we saw in the sequel. Are we going to see a... Are we going to see Rey? Is her story going to be continued? I certainly would be interested in seeing uh, the continuation of, of her story. Uh, but that also brings back some of those other characters that we had in there. Um, I, I highly doubt we're going to see stories about um, Finn and Poe, although I would love to see that. But um, perhaps, perhaps uh, she's there for... I don't know, for, for, for maybe early discussions about, you know, a, a, a series that takes place after, you know, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, that, that, uh, that time period is, is, is open for, for discovery and open for storytelling. And uh, I would certainly enjoy seeing uh, the, race, the story of Rey continue on. Uh, another, another, this isn't Star Wars news, but my gosh, if, it, <laughs> if you're a Star Wars fan, you just, you, you have to enjoy this. Uh, seeing yesterday that first trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, set to hit theaters on June 30th, uh, 2023. Uh, just as it was great to see uh, Han Solo back again in the sequels for as little of time that he had in there in, 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 in The Force uh, Awakens and for that little small cameo made at the end of, the Ri in the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, it's great to see that the the man in the hat is back with the whip and he has he's, he's gonna be there uh, Harrison looks great. I mean from from the uh, from the small amount of footage they put in that two-minute trailer uh, it, it looks like it's gonna be a fun movie to uh, to go to uh, I am thrilled that we're getting one more chapter of Indiana Jones in the theater to be able to uh, you know to, I was great. I was happy to see that Harrison had 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 done that with Han Solo to bring you know one more performance of Han Solo, and it's great to see that he's doing basically one more performance as Indiana Jones. So that's going to be a blast. I am sure of that. Um, some swag news, you know. I always like mentioning some swag that I've picked up here and there. Uh, I just got in this last week that and I thought this was going to be coming out like after the New Year, but it came in early. This Target exclusive 
Obi-Wan Kenobi figure, the Tipidon Station uh, figure that is the 6-inch Black Series one. Uh, I just got it this week. It looks fantastic. I think I mentioned earlier on an earlier podcast that I had already uh, purchased the Darth Vader Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, Darth Vader, uh, his 6-inch Black Series figure. I have that, and now I have the Obi-Wan. Uh, because my, uh, I have got to have such small amount of room to, to, to do a semi-display, um, I'm going to get some nice stands for these, and uh, I think, because I can only get like one Obi-Wan figure, uh, I think I'm going to put these two in a duel. I'll set it up on the bookshelf. I'm hoping to move some books around to set up some more area on my bookshelf that I can uh, show some of my figures. Once I get that all set up and I can take a picture of it, I'll post it on the uh, TJW Podcast Facebook page. So that was great to get that. Uh, I, I'm hoping that there's going to be a couple other uh, figures that will be added to my uh, collection uh, this holiday season. And I'm hoping that uh, we're going to be able to talk about... I, I also have one other item, which I believe is going to... Uh, you know, I'm holding off to mentioning this. I, 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 I will admit I, I have it. I'm in possession of it. But I'm not opening it up until, uh, for, for me, for that uh, first night of Hanukkah, I'm going to uh, open it up. <laughs> and once I do, we'll post pictures, and you'll, I think you're going to really enjoy seeing this uh, nice collectible I got. Um, what am I reading these days? Still reading uh, Matthew Stover's Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. I'm hoping to finish it up this weekend, and I'm hopeful that uh, I'm going to be starting um, Timothy Zahn's... Uh, Two, two novel series, uh, The Hand of Thrawn duology. Um, I'm going to start reading uh, Spectre of the Past, hopefully starting this weekend if I can finish uh, Shadows of Mindor. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Like I mentioned uh, in the previous podcast, we had a chance to speak and talk with, uh, with Timothy Zahn at Rhode Island Comic Con. That was a blast. Uh, and if you want to pick up books from him and have them autographed, if you go to the Winter River Books in, uh, in Oregon, just look up their uh, website, uh, you can order a lot of Tim's books there, and if you, you can request to have him uh, autograph it, sign it the way you like it, and it'll be shipped right to you. So uh, it's great to have that as, as well, too. But uh, that's all for now in this extended coffee break, lunch break. I know I've gone a little bit longer than I, than I usually do on my coffee breaks, but that was just because of the Andor finale. And like I said, I, I enjoyed Andor. Um, I'm so glad so many other Star Wars fans really took it uh, and embraced it. Um, great series, good series, um, but still, uh, it, 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 it still leaves a little less uh, of, of an impact on me than, than, than Obi-Wan or, or Mandalorian, but that's just what it is. And the great thing about being a Star Wars fan right now, it seems that you can really pick and choose what you want uh, story-wise to, to enjoy. So that's all for now. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend, and I will be talking to you soon. Have a good one, all.